Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Right, there you go, boys. We're recording now. Get professional. We're rolling. Okay, cool. Game face on. How are you doing, Phil? Uh, I'm good, Tim. Another, <laughs> another weekend, another wedding? It is. It's so. Last five weeks has been three weddings, one stag do, and my own birthday. So it's been a. It's what been a, you've had your birthday? It's been a tough month. My birthday last. We said we, we last said happy birthday two, on the last two, podcast. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago was my birthday. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say we didn't do anything for it. Did we? Did we? I can't even remember. He's been going to loads of weddings. It's fine. It's, yeah. You have that little couple of years in your life where it's they all conspire. Uh, it's constantly. I, I, I had that a couple of years ago. Um, awful, anyway, I'm glad you're with us, Phil. It was it was a good wedding. Congratulations to Fiona and Danny. You don't mean <laughs> that. I've read your texts. <laughs> <laughs> I read the text about the socialist couple. <laughs> right, and, come on. Uh, just one thing I will say. Yeah. Uh, we need to have a trip up to Scottstown, up to Glasgow at some point. The wedding was in Glasgow, and the west end of Glasgow is lovely. I'm not convinced. So, uh, well, maybe we'll go up next season and try it out. Maybe we could go pick an Ulster game in, in Glasgow. Ooh, maybe. maybe. I've, I've only heard good things about Glasgow, and lots of people have been... No, certain... that isn't true. <laughs> no one has only heard good things no, no, about no, Glasgow. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I've fair only enough. heard good things about Sierra Leone, especially <laughs> in the spring. <laughs> right. Recently, I've heard lots of good things about Glasgow, and people suggesting that it's a, it's a, it's a better night out than, 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 uh, than Edinburgh. i good things about Glasgow. That's amazing. Uh, right, OK. I think with that, we'll get on, shall we? Hands um, in. Uh, let's get on with the podcast then, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Once again, hands in and pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. First and foremost, hello to everybody in Glasgow. Uh, and and, every, and thank you very much, everybody that's listening to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Thank you for making us the, the number one rugby union podcast in the United Kingdom. But also, boys, I, I will just add... And the world. Uh, the world. Well, possibly. Uh, I've been having a little look at some of our worldwide iTunes ratings and oh. you have to you have to change your settings in iTunes but so we've never seen them before but thank you very much and I would say uh, just take a moment of your day we don't ask for any money we want the podcast to be free we want you to be able to enjoy it uh, all we ask for if you enjoy the podcast is a moment of your of your time to go and leave us a review on iTunes uh, where do you want to go first how about the states yeah see that? absolutely use the states the, the states they're so so polite there's they're just like Guys, really like this. Thanks so much for your hard work. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, and there's um, there's someone, an American, SoCal from California. Oh, yeah. If this podcast was in the Pro 12, it would be Connacht. Huh. The only real team. I disagree. I think we'd be Toulon. But anyway. In the Pro t- Toulon in the Pro 12? Yeah. 
Actually, <laughs> didn't they? No, they applied to join the Premier League. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luke, uh, back in the UK, back in Blighty, Luke, the English fella, said more explosive than a Dan Bigger tantrum. Excellent. Uh, very much like that iTunes review. Uh, and Mr. Photo 2459 says, segs as slick as a Los Jaguares offload wow. and banter that even the Hask and Cowhead would be proud of. So they only work half the time, our segments. <laughs> Less Clearly. than that. When they do work, they're incredible. Oh, wow. Uh, so please uh, iTunes reviews uh, find us online at Rugby Podcast uh, on Twitter and um, we've had lots of people once again giving us plenty of thoughts Uh, so this podcast boys we've obviously got the the Southern Hemisphere Internationals to preview and look ahead to some big big games there massive are you holding out any hope for Wales in New Zealand Jay? None absolutely none (laughs) Um, yeah none the more I think about it, the more depressed I get. Uh, there was a article today from Gareth, Gareth Ainscombe. He was quoted on saying, Wales needs to be positive, which takes, which, well, makes me think they're not very positive. You know, if that's the advice you're giving to your squad, uh, it doesn't bode well. <laughs> uh, well, maybe more positive was Sam Warburton saying that uh, if Wales win, which would be the first win in New Zealand in 63 years, if Wales win, he will not celebrate because he wants it to just demonstrate that winning once isn't enough. Yeah, you could have said that before the England game. Not anymore, I'm afraid, Sam. Look, if they win, it's great. It'll be like Michael Bisping last night knocking out Luke Rockhold in the UFC. I never saw it coming. I even tweeted that it wouldn't happen. If it happens, fantastic, but it's not going to. So let's forget it. So Sam Warburton won't have to put that into action no, where he no. can uh, not celebrate. Uh, England go to Australia. Just briefly, Phil, how do you rate England's chances? Um, a little bit mixed. I'm fairly positive. I think most people are fairly positive, um, given Eddie Jones has been in for six months now, not lost a game, generally been performing competently without being outstanding um, and the performance against Wales gives some heart particularly when you consider that the backbone of the Saracen side um, and a few Exeter players as well with like Slade and Noel will be coming in so reasonably pos- reasonably positive I'd love a series win but I'd, I think if we got um, just one victory over there there's some definite positives to take out of that. Which, well, I, I won't um, buy. Well, I won't ruin what you will hear uh, later this week because there's going to be two podcasts this week. This one you're listening to right now. Thank you very much for listening to that. Um, subscribe, by the way, on iTunes or on Acast where you can find us. And then this next episode will just get delivered straight to you. But what happened was uh, JB and myself, because Phil was at this wedding that we mentioned, selfishly had a chat with. We went and sought out the basically the egg chasers in Australia. Yeah, we uh, we certainly did. The Green and Gold podcast, who talk about all things Australian rugby, and we've done a little bit of a... It's like all the all the Marvel movies at the minute, sort of have all the superheroes. All I don't the, even know what these Marvel... I used to get excited for Marvel movies, I don't know. I, I don't even know what they are. I don't, I don't even know what... what what's this Deadpool thing all the kids are talking about? I, I haven't watched it, but apparently it's very good. Huh? Yeah, very, Ryan Reynolds. I, I don't know either. Yeah. But lots of you have like uh, you know Batman and Superman appearing together. So you know why not combine and unite the forces of the two greatest rugby podcasts in each hemisphere? Exactly. Green and Gold in Australia and the Egg Chasers rugby podcast from the UK. Interhemispherical chat. <laughs> I don't think that phrase is going to catch on. I think it will. But you will I'm hear what happened when uh, me and JB had a natter with Matt and Hugh and the two podcasts combined to preview England v Australia in great depth. Uh, so keep an ear out for that one and, like I say, subscribe. Um, and then Ireland have been dealt a couple of blows. The Carney brothers 
and Johnny Sexton out of their games against Argentina. Mm, that's big. I think I think the Carney boys might actually be a bit of a blessing in disguise. Yeah, it's I potentially more Sexton. Sexton is massive. Sexton is well. Sexton is not massive. Uh, not massive. The, the, the loss losing of Sexton is losing massive. Sexton is enormous. Um, losing the guy who has been the best fly half in the Northern Hemisphere for a, a number of years, um, and really makes them tick. Uh, Jared Payne could actually go to fullback and fill in co- more than competently. He plays there most of the time for Ulster. He's a very very handy fullback. And that does potentially allow uh, McCloskey to come in. Although, has McCloskey actually been called up? Uh, uh, no. Madigan, Gilroy and uh, Matt Healy and Tiernan O'Hallahan uh, from Connacht. You wonder if this could be that little opening, that little door ajar, and Matt Healy takes his chance and, uh, yeah. and then I, cements his spot I hope from here so. on. I, I really hope so. Hope so. so. Yeah. Uh, just before we, you were talking about comments that uh, Warren Gatland had made and other various uh, Gareth Ainscombe, sorry, had made on on Wales. I, the best one was uh, on Monday last week. Uh, so after we or Tuesday last week, after we'd recorded the podcast, Scott Williams, following Wales's disappointing performance against England, I'm holding up the headline. Scott Williams says Wales need improvement to compete with New Zealand. <laughs> oh, thanks. Well done. <laughs> well, well done, Scott. No, I think our efforts would be adequate to go down there and beat them. <laughs> <laughs> Another performance like that, and we'll, we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's going on really well. It's, <sighs> it's tough. A weekend without rugby has been tough, hasn't it? It has. Because normally, normally, there'd be super rugby to watch as well. I was no just... super rugby was the, was the killer. I mean, and as we speak, it's currently 22-8. There has not been a single rugby game. There are a few about to kick off. What? Oh, yeah, French. French, because they all play. Oh, yeah. They all play in five minutes. They all kick off in five minutes. Don't so Saxons play as well? Uh, do they? No, I think it's next, because they only just landed in South Africa, didn't they? Oh, they play really? midweek, maybe. Oh, they play midweek, maybe, yeah. yeah. It's a force. The whole thing's a force. It was interesting. Did you see the? a lot of the boys were tweeting f- from their flights? Um, yeah. So, that's, so the, that, that's against the law. Or tweeting from... Well, not in the air. When they're on the tarmac. The, Against yeah. the law. Law's the law. <laughs> um, well, it's not now, is it? Because you can get planes with um, in business class. You can yeah. get Wi-Fi and stuff. Oh, especially, yeah. especially American um, American domestic flights and stuff. I, I like to leave my phone on to see how high I can get before I lose signal. Does anyone else do that? <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little bit re- like rebellious. <laughs> um, but it was quite interesting to see that the England main team, whatever you want to call them, the first team... They were all business class with like their own, basically a lie down bed with their, <laughs> their own compartments. Whereas um, the Saxons were all in economy. They were like four men to a row, no leg room. I like that. Imagine being like the small Japanese woman sandwiched between, <laughs> I don't know, Kim, Kim Brooks. Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that. I think that you should. I mean, I'm be, I'm jesting a little bit, but in general, I like the principle that you have to earn, earn the, you have to earn that business class. And it's like I, when I looked at the under twenty World Cup captains, shockingly wearing trainers in Manchester <laughs> Town Hall. That is that is a heritage. It's a Grade One heritage listed floor. That team. so you're accepting yeah. the, that. The when you're work be, that. Well, no, what I'm saying is they should have laid down some artificial turf. <laughs> yes, and had the exactly had them in exactly. Right. It's how not beyond the wit of man, be? is it? Just rule in some artificial. Or oh, how about this? Don't wear your kit. Yeah, don't wear your kit. If you're going to wear trainers, don't wear your kit. But some countries, New Zealand being the, the main one, will not let anyone but a full New Zealand All Black wear exactly the right. full New Zealand All Black exactly shirt. Exactly right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, 
kits, right? We should apply the same rules to kits as Gurkhas apply to their knives. If you if you pull <laughs> out your Gurkha knife, you've got to draw blood. Yeah. Right? If you put on your kit, you've got to play rugby. You can't be wandering around oh, for yeah. a Photoshop. Oh, Shop. God. Shop. <laughs> so so, so where, I, where I work now, the studios that we work in, um, right opposite us is, is some football pitches so just when I'm doing some work on the computer, I'll watch some people doing like five-a-side football and you see these fully grown men full kit wankers yeah. <laughs> wearing the full kit sock shorts and I gotta say when I was to rugby training when I used to go to rugby training um, <laughs> I, I like to wear full kit I, I like my kits too much well there's very few places in the UK that you see guys walking down the street in full kits however I've spent some time working in Liverpool and it's oh. just about the, you will see guys wearing full, including socks, just wow. walk, walking around this, like twenty odd year old blokes, thirty year old blokes. Full, full I don't even like. Liverpool I think there's a certain yet. age where you can't wear sports tops. You, you have to wear it at the right time. No, full stop. You can't wear them. I quite you like can, wearing a. Uh, my well, top you can wear in, like, into the dungeon. Yeah, but you yeah, can yeah. wear maybe a throwback jersey or something like that. But yeah, the, throwback jersey. I, I cool. like the idea of keeping the first team jersey as as yeah, on, just like sacri- kids up to a certain age. Let's just then, address this a second, right? So the difference in body type between Phil and a professional rugby player isn't huge. I mean, you could maybe mistake him for a semi-pro player. The difference, <laughs> which he was not so long ago. Yeah, absolutely. The difference, right, between a forty-eight year forty-eight-year-old scouse man, right, <laughs> and Joe Allen is enormous. <laughs> That's why you can't wear sports tops. So there's a lot of men in Liverpool who have the same tattoos as some of their stars. <laughs> <laughs> Get up to the same antics in bars later yeah, at night, exactly. judging by certain CCTV footage we may have seen. Anyway, before we offend anyone else, uh, I just just one little. Glasgow Go tick, Liverpool tick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one uh, other review I forgot to mention this from USA rugby fan Lee, um, who said, blah, 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 big fun, etc. I really enjoy the podcast. He said, I love the perspective that Tim, Phil, and in some ways, JB <laughs> bring to the Northern Hemisphere game. Uh, he says, uh, hoping that the new NBC deal that's been done with the Aviva Premiership will mean more people in America get to watch. Uh, UK rugby and he also says the only thing that's disappointing about the podcast is listening to the Cornerstone promotions because being in the States he's unable to participate oh. well, we need to have a word with Cornerstone about that they need to diversify or we need to start out. sponsoring a worldwide carrier yes that would work well that would work really well uh, but so yeah if you're listening in the United States or around the globe you won't be able to take part in this but you know Lee you're right to be disappointed because Cornerstone are the best razor blades out there voted in the GQ awards beating Wilkinson Sword if you have one of them you've got an inferior product correct if you've got a Gillette razor you have an inferior product fact mm-hmm. and you with because you're listeners of Egg, Egg Chasers, you can take advantage of an amazing offer where just for a, basically a couple of quid it will end up costing you because you get a £10 discount on your first order because you're listening to us. It's just a, what is it? Like four, four quid? Your first order can be as little as four quid. If you don't go for the the um, the face scrubs and the moisturiser, which are very good, by the way, um, but it's from four quid uh, and you get your... Uh, finely balanced shaft your mm. engraved shaft engraved with your own initials and precision engineered German precision engineered which is the best kind of precision engineering oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, razor, wow. razor blades yeah uh, get your initials I've gone with JB have you gone with F-I-L because that's probably the closest <laughs> that you can get <laughs> F-I-L uh, F-I-L I've gone P-H-I oh uh, okay 
Uh, which, uh, which was my old... Uh, and Tim, uh, what did you uh, go for, mate? Arcade name. <laughs> I went for Tim, funnily enough. Uh, but there you go. Get your engraved uh, shaft. And then as Rob Hirsch has done, he sent us a picture of his shaft just poking out of his towel after a shower. Mm. Thanks, thanks for that lovely picture Great of his shaft. shaft. Hashtag show us your shaft. It's a tremendous uh, shaft. It really is. It really was. It was sh- very shiny. Um, so, like Phil says, for as little as four quid, you could sample why so many people are trying Cornerstone uh, and because you get the £10 discount on your first order with us if you go to cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers. Cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers or... Egg 10 at checkout. Perfect. Because it's been a fallow week in the rugby world, we punted out on Twitter and just said, right, if there's anything you want to want discussed or any questions you want asked then let us know we've got loads uh, I, I couldn't believe the response incredible yeah. response so thank, thank you to everyone who, who did who did message us yeah so at rugby podcast we're going to get through some of these but I sort of, we sort of jokingly said on twitter oh, think of it like a rugby version of question time and let's not just think of it like a rugby version of question time let's do a rugby version of question time that's a great idea Tim Welcome to Question Time. I am Timbleby. Uh, <laughs> we are in the historical rugby dungeon, uh, the basement flat of JB's house. Uh, and our panellists today are Tim. Hello. JB. Hello. And Phil. Hello, Timbleby. Uh, first question. First question. Uh, gentlemen, uh, third row, Duncan Muir. Actually, Duncan's, I'm going to have to read Duncan's question. Yeah, you read uh, Duncan's question, that's how, how uh, it Duncan, goes. Duncan's question was, if Muhammad Ali was the greatest boxer of all time, who in rugby should be considered the greatest? Well, I would like to say there are many greats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, sometimes we use the word great, and actually, you know, I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, the, uh, the greatest rugby, vo- rugby player of all time, Joan Lomu. I think Joan Olomu is an easy go-to, and it, there's many, many reasons why Joan Olomu can be categorically given as the greatest player. I think rugby is more difficult, though, because there's the different players. Mm. So you could arguably say, give me your, your greatest prop, your greatest hooker, your greatest second mm. because they all have different requisite skill sets. Are you, are you, right, devil's advocate, are you posthumously... Saying Jonah Lomu, if well, we're not going to give it him now, are we? In in fifty in fifty years time, when say maybe if he doesn't live to a, to that long, in fifty sixty years time, when when Richie McCaw and all us are are worm food, would would maybe people look at it differently and say, well, Richie McCaw, he was the greatest. It's it's different, partly because you're not comparing like with like, yeah. But also, um, if you look at kind of cold hard facts, McCaw, his uh, appearances. His win rate as captaincy, his double captain, double World Cup, the stuff he's done with Crusaders. I think on paper he is the greatest. Yeah, but in terms of if you actually look at natural talent and raw ability, and the way that Jonah was unplayable for a period of time, yeah, I don't think anyone else has, has come close to that. The comparison with Muhammad Ali is probably quite a good one in the sense that, in lots of ways, not, but in in the sense that he changed the game completely yeah. mm-hmm. on, on on his own and yeah. and made it um he brought it into the world of so many people who weren't rugby fans 
And it was at the time when the game was turning professional, and he he was a global superstar. Yeah, he was. It was just in, absolutely enormous. So, John Lemmy. Oh, yeah. Uh, next question uh, from Tom Dow. Tom Dow. Tom Dow. Um, Tom says, as player. Oh no no no! Sorry, I'm going to jump onto a different one. Um, I beg your pardon. So this is the most asked question. So uh, next question comes from Nick Durant, John Richardson, Screensphere on Twitter, Ben Stack, who all tweeted at Rugby Podcast, and were what saying right? Okay, I want to hear what you think about the Lions because it's a year to go, one year to the f- uh, to the Lions tour passed in the last week, and so coach, captain, and Bolter maybe the unpredictable selections that, that could happen, or the huge omission, maybe, one year out, your predictions for... Well, let's go captain first. Um, I really like Alan Wynne-Jones, but I don't think he'll be given it because he's obviously behind behind Sam Warburton. Um, so with that said... It's, it's a tough hmm, one to pick, isn't it? That That is a tough one. So you look at the, the captains at the moment, Hartley... Possibly, mm-hmm. but I still think question marks over his discipline. Mm. Um, you'd imagine Hartley would be a starter, though. And I'd imagine if it's Gatland, he'd quite like him. And Eddie Jones does like him. Uh, yes, mm. yeah, yeah. So maybe Hartley's not a bad shout because at Warburton. least because at least you could be confident that you could pick him as captain, and you would be happy with him starting the first test. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Alan Wynne Jones, amazing as he is, and he probably would get in a fifteen, but a year from now, who knows where the, the competition at second row will be? Yeah, and yeah. I doubt Cruz and Atodji are, are past their best. Let's put that on. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I would still, if I had a Lions test tomorrow, I would still start Alan Wynne Jones. I would probably with with Cruz with Atodji off the bench. Uh, okay, I'm going to actually say in a year's time, in a year's time, what is going to happen in a year's time? I don't think it's going to be Sam Warburton. Well, Sam Warburton is current Lions captain, successful Lions captain. Yeah, he will start as well because there's no one better than him at seven. So that's that. Is he going to be yeah. captain? I, I just it's, don't it's, see it. I just don't see it. But and I, I didn't see it particularly in in 2013, particularly with having like Paul O'Connell and Brian O'Driscoll, who were two other. Yeah. Like O'Connell was, I think, a big surprise not to be captain, given that he was in the squad. He was a starter. He was such a leader and such an experienced player, so maybe maybe it will go to Warburton. Uh, that that would that would be my call uh, at the moment for that for those reasons because I think he is the automatic selection right. in his position. So let's go. I'll go Warburton. Yeah, I'll just go Warburton because that it kind of stacks up. I just I, I have no one better, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm the same. And the other captains, Rory Best. No, no. Who's Scottish captain? Laidlaw. Laidlaw, of course. Mm, no, no, no. I don't think he'll start. It's not a bad no, shout for a start. It's not a bad shout. Um, although you've probably got your goal kickers elsewhere. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see him either. So it'll be interesting to see who they do go for. Right. <clears throat> this oh coach then. Now this is because the the assumption is it would be again like you said with Warburton, you know. He gaps. He's the, he's the incumbent and the the victorious Lions captain. Warren Gatland is the incumbent and the victorious coach. Yeah, but his stock has dropped since 2013, particularly in the last year. Mm, not really. Um, Do you not think? No, I don't. I think I still think I still think he's a world beater. Oh, I'm not saying I don't think he's very good, but he's, 
the way he's viewed is very different. There's a there's a lot more dissenting Welsh voices than there was a year ago. Because it's Wales ago. and they've lost a game, you know. But in terms of Gatland, uh, he's still probably the best man for the job. Eddie Jones has done marvelously so far. But yeah, I've always I've always said it. If Gatland had that England team, England would have been unstoppable for the best part of a decade now. But he hasn't. He's done the best he can with Wales. We've got a much more limited uh, playing pool. Uh, Gatland for me. Um, Gatland, but without, but without what, Gatland ball, please. No, absolutely. No, look, we, we, we've tried going away from Gatland ball. wasn't well, overly successful. Vern Cotter, or however you say his name, is it Cotter? Cotter, Cotter, yeah. Cotter, Cotter Fern yeah. Cotton. Is a tremendous... Fern, Fern Cotton, yeah. Fern Cotton is a tremendous operator. And I'd like him to be given a, a fair hearing because I think he'd do a great job as Lions coach. I think any of the, the four yeah. coaches, it's, it is quite Depre- sad, Depressingly, three Kiwis. Yeah. Um, three Kiwis and an, an Aussie. Yeah, it's really um, disappointing. So that that is a bit dep- depressing. But I'm sure all of them could do quite a good job. Mm. Uh, it'd be interesting to see who is, is appointed alongside them. Like who gets the defence coach? Who gets the attackers? Whether Gatland wants to take Sean Edwards with him? Mm. Well, Rob of course, Gatland didn't take Sean Edwards with him last time. He took Farrell. Farrell, yeah, oh, who's, who's now Ireland defence coach. So he could take Farrell again if he wanted to. Yeah. Uh, if again, if he gets selected, I think Gatland is still in pole position. Gatland probably will. In fact, I'm sure Gatland has got the job. I, th- I th- I'm sure I th- thought something had been announced a co- maybe a year or so ago, but yeah, I was just maybe. looking for it, and there's stuff around it, but. Uh, not definitive. I'm not sure if it is confirmed so. yet. And any, any bolters or big omissions? That, that well, here's my of. bolter, right? My bolter is I'm wrong about captaincy and Itoji is captain. Because that's what I wanted to call in the first place. I just can see him growing and growing and growing. And then to make a statement, this kid's captain. Let's see what he does next year. But if he has a good season, who knows? He's already captain, captain Saracens and they're one of the best teams in the world. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that'd be a hell of a. Hell of a captain. Which means my bigger mission would be Warburton, even though I don't <laughs> think that'll happen. He would definitely tour, short of injury. Who would be? Tell you a bigger mission who who won't tour. Um, O'Brien, Sean O'Brien, again through injury, just won't tour. I don't think he'll get picked. I think he'll be injured. He won't have Too enough. He won't have enough game time, and he won't get picked. I think if if he can get even half a dozen games before, if he comes back fit next season, gets half a dozen games somewhere near back to his mm. best, I think he'd tour. I think it's too much competition there as well. Oh, no, actually, I don't actually. I think next year we're going to have a lot of competition. I think there's a lot of names coming through who we don't see as international class, particularly in Wales. I mean, um, Warburton doesn't even play seven for Cardiff now. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, I I picked my my squad, not starting, but I picked my squad bolter about four months ago in Ultandalan. Ultandalan, yeah. Okay. Uh, I I think the athleticism he's got. But then flipping second row is oh, stacked. Yeah. So maybe, second row maybe is just about the most competitive position. Maybe I'll take that back. Uh, what is the most competitive? I think I think a bigger mission could be someone like uh, one of the the English props that you'd assume would get in, like um, Marler, like Marler or Marler or Mac- Cole. Mac- Cole. Cole. I don't think Cole's Cole nailed on. Yeah. Yeah. Cole. WP, so tight head WP Nell, uh, Samson Lee. Yeah. Cole's probably third choice at the moment. Yeah. Agreed to that. Um, but I, I don't especially rate Cole, no. so I, I think that okay. I don't think that would be too surprising no. <laughs> by no. my standards. No. It'd be interesting to see because last time there was some quite high-profile English players like Rob Shaw, Rob Shaw, Mike Brown, for example, Danny, oh, yeah, Danny Kerr, um, 
who were playing reasonably well, well didn't tour. It seems so odd now. What what are we now? Three years on. Yeah. All right. Three I'll years say. on that. Those guys who I wouldn't dream of leaving at home now, I'd take Mike Brown in a heartbeat. I'd take Danny Kerr in a heartbeat. Yeah. And it, I, again, not to bash Stuart Lancaster, but I just think it kind of shows like how underwhelming his reign, reign well, was. What about a potential emission of a potential emission? It depends on who the coach is, but Jamie Roberts? Possibly. Possibly. Man of the series at least once. I mean, I, I would yeah. take him, yeah. but I'm just spitballing. Yeah. Well, you look at who the others, so Robbie Henshaw, Tuolagi, if he's possibly fit. Are you um, sorry, just to interrupt Inside Centres. Um have you heard the news today, Tim? Hey. The news the, the leaked news that Ben Tail is scheduled for his first cap and start in the first test. Oh <laughs> you're joking. Nope. Deadly Woo-hoo! serious. Deadly serious. <laughs> according, according to the telegraph, I believe. Yeah. Wowzers. That is um And they they normally know these thing, things early. Well, I mean, I would, I could also say I normally know these things early because uh, I think I called that months ago. But anyway, um, peak, peak tail. It's not going to get any well, better from here. What we could, we could be sat here next week with you two laughing at me. Well, no, for, he, no, no. He's still in. The, he's in the squad. Definitely, we're not going to be laughing about that. Yeah. Whichever way this goes, I, I'm in the wrong here because I, on green and gold, have predicted a whitewash for England. I, I, I do, I do actually believe that. But then they picked Ben Tail. So if I'm right on the whitewash, I'm wrong on Ben Tail. That, that was a spoiler alert for the podcast for the coming post. later this week, by the yeah. way. But that's yeah. fine. And if I'm right about Ben Tail, I'll be wrong about the whitewash. Yes. I can't be right about both be, these things. I can't be right about both. Oh. It, it will be, the, the real test on Ben Tail will be kind of two, a year test? down the line, two yeah. years down the line. Because it's happened before with people like, like rugby league centres like Burgess like Barry John Mather like um, Tom, the Tompkins brother oh god um, Matthew Tate yeah oh yeah Matthew god, Tate Matthew outside Tate. centre oh. yeah so it's happened before big gaff sorted him out if you look at some of the England have got a chequered pass with their centres Dan, Dan, Dan Hipkiss and Ayula Rinley, uh, for example uh, uh, Shantane Happy and Mike Tyndall for uh, example There's Ricky some... Flutie uh, no, Jamie no, Noon. Was was right. Flutie was all right. Jamie Noon, not so good. Jamie Noon, who was that, that horror From pairing? May and Noon. No, no, May never. May only got two caps. I was think it it's Noon like... and Barrett. Did they Noon play together? Hi- Noon and Hipkiss, I think, played Hit together. Kiss. Oh, horrible! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you may be right, but then we realised that. It, it is a step be, too far. Yeah, through, Twi- Twickenham would have made money out of out of selling Twickenham branded eye gouges. Like <laughs> <laughs> Sulfuric acid, sir. Yes, please. <laughs> right at, at Rugby Podcast, your lion. One year out, your lions coach, captain, and bolters, and we can read some of your suggestions out because I think we're a little bit scratching our heads on this one. Lions captain, coach, bolter at Rugby Podcast. Tweet us, and we'll we'll give you a shout next week. Uh, next question. Um, Jack Pike. We'll, we'll try and make some of these uh, a bit... In fact, I'll just do a quick one first. Tom one. Hemmings said, that there's in, in football, soccer, because the European Championship's about to start, you have loads of talk about formations, but in rugby, you don't have so much. Is there anything else we can do? That's a really interesting question. It's the thing I've thought of loads, and I'm sure someone else must have thought of this. Do you really need eight men in, in a scrum? Do you have to have them in if you've got no. exactly. a pitch? I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think you do. I don't know what the laws are, but I assume you don't. I think you do at lower levels. I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting question. I mean, they used to move Stefan Armitage to ten and put Mike Cat at yep. flanker for London Irish. Yeah. So those sort of things have been tried. I've always thought like, if you had a real dominant scrum, why wouldn't you bring on a second fly half and remove remove a back, a, a back row? 
Yeah. Or maybe a second row. And you push. sort of get the feeling that, I don't know, a, a bit of a maverick, maybe Clive Woodward come, uh, uh, for 2016 might come in and do something a bit strange like that. But, but it's funny no one's tried it. Joe yeah. Schmidt has played with, he has played with three fullbacks. As in, he had Hen- Henshaw, yeah. uh, Jared Payne, and Rob, Rob Carney, and operated a basically kick and chase game plan, which won him the Six Nations. Yeah, mm. and you do have some kind of formational stuff, like a forward back split on the bench. I guess sort of fits that mould. Uh, something, something that um, Fylde used to do, and um, left gone was that when they'd have a midfield scrum, they would put their two wingers. Um, Nick Rowell and Ollie Brennan who are both they're not too bad though are they they're both very fast very steppy uh, at first receiver one each side and the ball will go to one or the other and they just have a go and it would be try and try and beat um, look for space outside or beat on the inside we had we had an awesome move um, that it's just a very quick one. I absolutely annihilated Ollie Brennan in a cup, in, uh, in a cup game. <laughs> probably still remembers that. Hi, Ollie. <laughs> uh, right. Oh, yeah, I remember. There was something that we did at, at Newbury, um, and and then when I when I was teaching and coaching at, um, at quite a good school, uh, we we had Redford and Chevy Pennycook, Newcastle and Bristol, and James Phillips, who's at Bristol now, was at Exeter. They were that that was that was the back row we had. Yeah. And, and we but we did a move. We had a really good. Uh, inside centre it was just 8 straight to 10 running at the outside shoulder of the 7 straight ah. from straight from the base of a scrum it were, and the amount of tries we scored from that were ridiculous nice so again it was so just from a from a, a static scrum yeah big 12 mm-hmm. uh, number eight, it's at 8's feet and he just pops yeah, yeah. close to the scrum to the 12 yeah. running just basically running at the outside shoulder of the 7 so he's in between 10 and 7 yeah. and just punches that and hole and hoping that the 7 doesn't react quick enough to get a full yeah. shoulder tackle and it's, yeah. you're hitting branches but, rather than trees but actually what, what we need to bring back te- uh, te- technicality wise and f- to be you know football got formations what happened to the the wall at a penalty. <laughs> what happened to the wall? Nine pops to the first man in the wall and then they open up a gap and pops yeah, on through. Who or... knows where the ball's gone? They could be passing Uh-oh. it between them. <laughs> Bring that back. Yeah, why, why do we use the wall? I'm sure well, a law... There the must law be change, a law. No, that, well, the, the law change was the... Um, what was it? The flying wedge? What was it? Flying wedge? Yeah, flying yeah. wedge is, is illegal. Yeah, that's Can't illegal. Buy. Mind you, they do sort of do that still. They do like two men, one, one binds yeah. on the ball carrier a little that's bit. That's like more of a caterpillar. Yeah. Um, right. What about uh, this one then? Um, Nev's left boot. Uh, long time listener. Thank you at Rugby Podcast. How long until all England lock- locks, which are fantastic at the moment, develop Borthwick syndrome and just drone on about <laughs> lineout stats? Well, that's contagious. So that's the first thing. Yeah. Now he's in there. Yeah. It's going to be spreading like wildfire. I mean, it, it, look, if they uh, take the right precautions, vaccinations and face masks, <laughs> uh, it, they should be okay. I and mean, you need, it to, is... you need to dilute it. So you need to get Danny Grucock or some or some other, like back, the backies both are type oh, yeah. in there I mean, to water it down. Yeah, yeah, from what I understand, the two-to-one ratio is, is usually enough to make yeah. it non-contagious. Just, yeah. just a pure cocktail of just pure Borthwick is that oh, dangerous. That's yeah. dangerous. Of course that's dangerous. And I wouldn't, you, you wouldn't give that to any kid. Um, so uh, from what I understand, it's perfectly easy to contain. You've just got to take the appropriate precautions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jack Pike. Then this one, a bit, of, a bit of a meatier one, and we'll get into some of the Southern Hemisphere games. I think after this one, uh, Jack Pike uh, at Rugby Podcast to uh, question time. Jack Pike. Jack Pike. A uh, gentleman back there. The gentleman uh, that could be a girl or a woman. Um, <laughs> I, I can't tell with the glasses. Maybe glasses. <laughs> 
Uh, hello. Um, so, uh, my question to the panel is, law changes has been a big one. It's been working in Super Rugby. Why are we always behind? Why is Super Rugby the, the experiment? Well, so it's kind of it's, it's twofold there. Well, as a podcaster, <laughs> that's a, it's always like as a doctor. Yes. Um, right. Okay. So as a front- I think law changes are a disgrace. <laughs> Uh, this is probably the most publicity question times ever got on a sports podcast. <laughs> so, uh, right, so there has been a lot of law changes. So I yes. think uh, rug- whether it's rugby league or whether it's super rugby, it never seems to be the UK leagues sort of leading the way, trialing some of these, does it? Uh, no, always. I mean, typically you hear about these things being trialed at either like college level. Um, yeah, or like the varsity lower... cup in South Africa. Yeah, is, that's a big one. That's is what they normally do. Uh, and a little bit in the kind of lower tier uh, in Australia in the Welsh Colleges League that's quite yeah. a good quite a good league so it does happen I think though they're quicker to adopt them in Super Rugby than they are up here so Phil just briefly then run us through what the law changes are that World Rugby have introduced so quite a lot of them revolve around the scrum um, so one that's it's definitely happened already um, formally in Super Rugby but it's, they've actually been allowing it more recently in, in Premiership mm. where Advantage may be played following a scrum collapse if there's no risk to the player's safety. So if the ball's at the back, play on, basically, providing there's, there's no injuries, which refs have been doing a little bit anyway. Um, the scrum must be ready to form within 30 seconds of the scrum being awarded, otherwise the ref stops the clock for an injury or if there is another stoppage. Uh, a scrum reset following a 90-degree wheel. The ball is thrown in by the team that previously threw it in rather than changing hands which is quite interesting because it, it kind of reduces the incentive for teams to try and manufacture a wheel. The scrum half can't get in between the flanker and the number eight when they're going around the opposition scrum half, which is probably, again, quite a good law to to just allow allow free free ball, allow the ball to play. Uh, and when the ball's been at the, the number eight feet in a stationary scrum for three to five seconds, the ref will call use it in the same way as he would at the back of a back of a rook so that that's the scrum stuff there's also the incorporation of the even if it's moving forward it's a stationary 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 Stationary. three to five seconds so that it it stops um scrums from going for the penalties holding holding it in and just going squeezing for the penalty um so that's probably a good thing is it a good thing i mean i understand that um it benefits the Southern Hemisphere sides who can't scrimmage as well as us. But if you um, put a lot of stock in scrimmaging and you know you really work on it, surely you should be able to benefit from the penalties from well, destroying an opposition scrum. So it's, it's a glorious th- thing. You've still got the time to do it, but it's got to. You, so you've either got to get the march on initially. Can't get nudge. So if you get the nudge yeah. on initially, this is saying. But they've done everything they can to stop that. Like, this is saying if it's stationary for three to five seconds. So if you're marching on, you can win your penalties. Happy to win your penalties. This is stopping. It's stationary, and they're just trying to drive up, drag yeah, out. But what that trying to do? just wait till trying one to of get the props a, just drops an trying elbow. Trying to get a 50 okay. decision. So basically, what they will do is they'll get the screw up, they'll get the ball back to the eight's feet. And the idea is, when the ball is to the eight's feet, the opposition will then um, loosen off. And when they loosen off, when they feel that that, lo- that loosening off, the um, the uh, the back row will call it, and they'll all squeeze together. Well, if they Which do that within five that. seconds, yeah. that's game on. Yeah, I guess yeah, you, so. You've still got the time. Yeah, five seconds is quite a long time, actually. Yeah, I, I'm all in favour of that law. 
so then there's another one around the law, which is I'm a little bit confused about this, having never played in the forwards really. So, um, the ball can be moved backwards, hand to hand, once a mall is formed. Yes. Rather than the man at taking the front, old and, school, and him moving to the back, and the players swarming in around. I him. don't think this makes a huge amount of difference either does, way. Does actually. it not? No, we used to do this, um, and then you know we've done both both ways. The reason. I, I guess they think it's better protected if a guy is holding it, but it's just a skill. You just, you know, you pass, just pass one to the other, and so that shouldn't make it. It's, yeah. it's just, it's just the, the reason for having the man slip to the back is just it's less opportunity for error by passing. Yeah, but do you know what? El- you know, there's obviously an opportunity cost there. Um, the advantage is now when that guy binds on, his initial hit will, will be staying. So if you think about it, you bring it down. You get someone to rip the ball, and you usually get two guys over him if you're doing it the old yeah. school way, right? So old school over. Now with this new one, that the the guy who's originally ripped the ball isn't squeezing back, so because of that, he can stay in there in that really dominant yeah, position. Like yeah, like it, it, it makes no difference. Doesn't make a huge really. amount of difference. Now, the, is there any more? There is oh, one more. There is one more which I think we're all glad to see because we've specifically mentioned it a few times. Oh, I know what it and is. And I will read yeah. this law word for word. Play acting or simulation is specifically outlawed in the game in a move that formalises resistance to a practice that has been creeping into the game in recent years. Any player who dives or feigns injury in an attempt to influence the match officials will be liable for sanction, and that sanction will be from a penalty upwards. Ooh. Now, there's, there's an element of me that's just disappointed that we've got to this point yes. where there has to be a law. Because as soon as you make it a law, that very powerful thing of... Um, you know the kind of unwritten rule disappears, doesn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. shame. Yeah, like they, they it, is almost, be... it is almost a shame on rugby that it's had to be written into law in it's... black and white. Yeah, yeah, I I do agree with that. Um, but with that said, I am happy that it's formal and hopefully it will just completely stamp it out. And it's it's one of those laws like the the use it law at the back of a rook. The ref calls use it. I've never seen. I've never seen it used. I've I've seen it, the use it call, but I've never seen them penalised because the players yeah. just do it. Yeah. So hopefully this is something like that. That now it is in place. We we never it's, we never have to talk about the it. The sanction should be severe. I mean, yeah. I'm talking like strip naked with that little bell. Well, I say like <laughs> either either at, yeah or either at half time or at full time if you're guilty of it. Like play on as normal, yeah. But you then you then have to go in the stocks and yeah, no, and R- rotten fruit, rotten fruit. How about lobbed, the shame you? bin, which is like the opposite to the sin bin? You've got to stand <laughs> in the middle of the park, but you're not allowed to move. <laughs> and rotten fruit, yeah, yeah, yeah and rotten fruit. I'm oh, sorry, little little bit of rot- what I'm saying. A little bit of rotten fruit. Yeah, I'd be, yeah. just a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, I, again, I, the, the one devil's advocate thing I would say about all of this is, and it's kind of me adopting a JBism from many years ago. Uh, is the more laws you have, the more things there are to officiate, the more complicated it gets, the very, more, di- the more difficult it is for, for supporters who might not be rugby aficionados to get into it. That Yeah. I, I do I do understand that point, although I do think World Rugby recognises that, and some of, the, some of the laws they've introduced are trying to simplify. Like not, not just in this, yeah. yeah. It's simplified. Like the one of the best ones they've introduced in the past few years is um, the ball's not out from a rook until uh, it's been picked up. Yeah. So hands-on doesn't matter is yeah. when it leaves the ground because oh, that was such a grey area I used to do a bit of, I used to do a bit of refereeing when I was, uh, when I was teaching um, before I got into radio I was uh, I used to go and ref school games and stuff and uh, that was the one question everybody would ask you before oh, every I'll flipping game one. what's out ref when's it I, out I, I used to oh. there's always a good question there's though, always it? one one stupid player 
often a prop, but not always, who, before the... He'll just shout, hands on, hands on, and immediately run at the nine and, like, bundle over the nine. Uh, no, hands weren't I will on. Tell penalty you, against. I'll tell you stupid. the one which um, gets me every time, and there, there needs to be consistency to this. What is classed as an eight bind? So, some... We'll say it's forearms. Oh, I don't yeah. care. Some will say shoulders. Do you know what? I, no, it, yeah. it does matter. No, no. This is one of my, this is one of those laws that I think any referee that officiates that law is is just ruining the game. No, it because matters because there's no advantage to having a like you, you take that chance as a number eight. You can either have a full bind and give your second rows as much drive as possible, and that could help you in the drive. Or you look up and look around, and it helps your defence, but you take you away from the drive. Right. So, so it's, it's, I think that's, that's like that's an you, interesting point. You, well, you you make you make the call whether if your team is all right with seven men driving and you not, then yeah. that's fair enough. Look you, up. You, well, I'll tell you where it just it, creates penalties where you don't yes, need them. Just I let agree, the boys but play. I'll tell you where it really, <laughs> really messes things up is if you've coached uh, your back row to look at the hands and you clarify with the ref. What is in, what is out. And some refs will say, hands off means ball out, or breaking the bind means uh, means ball out, or in some cases, hands on ball means ball out. So if you coach the back rows to look up and look at the hands which are binding on, and they go, and your back row go as they're coached, and that's a penalty, that's a disaster. Do you know what? All this is giving more opportunities for Brian Moore et al. to just ramble on about the nuances of, of rugby laws like simplification I'm, I'm all yeah. for yeah. Let's, let's have more of that and common sense yes so, so Joe I think I agree I, I, I'm quite happy with all, yeah. all of those I, <laughs> I played uh, for, against a team once uh, and the ref literally did not know what a scrum bind looked like so my opposition who was a big lad was binding in the opposite way to scrums usually bind, you, uh, would usually bind. Does that make sense? So if you think about it, the hooker binds underneath, right? Oh, yeah. Well, so... Hooker's over the top, props bind sorry, underneath. Sorry, hooker over the top, props underneath. Yes. This guy was doing it, the, doing it the other way around. So I highlighted the safety concerns to the ref, and he, he threatened to yellow card me. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to win that one. Oh, do you know what? We've got an apology to make, and quite a few, quite a few of the questions that came through were, um, oh, you know, maybe some chat about Bristol uh, yeah. in the Premiership. I can't believe you missed it. I know. Well, do you know what we should say? Because we've got lots to talk about in terms of the games coming up this weekend, and there's a long time before the Premiership season starts. Bristol fans, congratulations! Yeah. Bristol squad, congratulations! It'll be good to have you back. I've got good memories of of Bristol. I used to. That's where I used to work in Bristol. I used to go and see him a lot, and I played a game. What one of the most uh, exciting and Devastating moments of my rugby career was playing a pre-season friendly for Newbury against Bristol. And it was Ooh. amazing. Gareth Archer was up against, and Andrew, nice. Sher- Andrew Sheridan when he was like sometimes back row, also sometimes prop. Yeah, I was just a kid. This was like incredible. And, uh, oh, Jay, uh, what was the um, the, the inside centre Australian inside centre? Uh, Gibson, Justin, no. Jason Jason Little Jason Little, Little played it was like wow it was flipping heroes and and, and the, the picture on the next Bristol programme was Andrew Sheridan like in the most uh, embarrassing situation for me running just running over me <laughs> basically just <laughs> I was, you're, you're probably in pretty good company from being run over by Andrew Sheridan well yeah probably anyway well done Bristol looking forward to having you back but we will talk about Bristol in, in great depth about what we think they need to do where where they can go, um, the main one would be Andy Robinson. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See you later. See you later. I will just address Bristol very quickly. Yeah, go on. 
I think they might not be as successful as we imagine they will be. They are basically the Toulon of the championship, which means they play very simple, worn-out rugby, which works against lesser opposition, and they need a little bit more than that when they come up. That's my single bit. Yeah, I think that may well be fair. Mm. They've obviously got much bigger budget uh, than the rest of the championship, and the players in their squad, their squad must be worth... God, a lot, a lot, uh, and not just a lot, a lot more than everyone else. In the I think ditching Andy Robinson now is a fine shout. Yeah, but who who do you get? Mm-hmm. Stuart Lancaster. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stuart Lancaster. Ha- to survive in the Premiership, you need a good, solid yeah. culture. Um, how many games <laughs> in the Premiership has Stuart Lancaster won? Two. Yeah, it's something like that. It is exactly two games <laughs> in maybe one, two years. One year. It's not his fault he got given the England job when he wasn't ready for it. Yeah, you should have turned it down. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you for all the questions. Really appreciate it. Uh, join us next time on Question Time. Uh, we go from a week of no rugby to, especially in the case of Saturday, a day of nothing but rugby. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. Oh, incredible. And I thought the first game was Wales v New Zealand, uh, or New Zealand v Wales, but apparently not, Phil. It's not. Uh, Samoa host Georgia at 4am UK time. I don't know if it's going to be... Ooh, I don't know if we'll be able to watch it. I don't know. Um, World Rugby have in the past televised some Georgia games. Cause I watched I watch the uh, Georgia-Romania uh, game that was in Tbilisi uh, this year. Uh, watch that live. Where has this been played? This is in uh, Apia, Apia, mm. Samoa. Mm. Oh well, um, yeah. That'll if that's on, I'll watch it. Explosive encounter. It'd be interesting to see exactly what kind of team um, Georgia have. Because oh, well, both of them, both of them, because yeah. they've both got quite a lot of players playing in the top fourteen. Ugh. This has to be sorted. The, the, this congestion has to be sorted. Well, Chris Jane, uh, friend of the pod, uh, tweeted us. Uh, oh, uh, uh, have you seen his? Have you seen his tweets? That guy's a moron. At, at rugby, at rugby podcast. That Chris guy Jane, is an idiot. Chris Jane pointed out when we were moaning about this having no rugby this weekend. He said, "Well, if you go for a global season, you'll, you'll have more weekends like this." He doesn't know anything. Just, 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 just block him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, well, I'll tell you what, if, if Stephen Jones hasn't blocked him, then you know he is what you say he is. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's a good litmus test, actually, isn't it? it? Is. Uh, but so I, I, I've no idea how that one will go because we don't know what players are involved. But I'm, I would, if it's, on, if it's televised or if there's highlights, I will definitely watch that. But 8.35, you can bet your bottom dollar we will be up and watching New Zealand versus Wales. 100%. What, what, what time is that? 8.35. I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> right. I, I will be watching it. Here's a question. Is there a single Welshman... Who would make it into that New Zealand side? Dan Baker. Dan Baker can play for any team in the world. Um, yeah. Oh no. Yeah, as soon as I think of someone, I think, oh, he's a cracking yeah, who, player. Who, who, yeah, Alan Wynne, amazing player, Retallick and Whitelock. Do you know? What? I was yeah. looking. I was thinking about Webb because uh, I thought he played really well for the first half. Yeah, Aaron England. Smith's all right. Aaron Smith. Aaron Smith. Aaron Smith. So I've got I've got the current New Zealand team up here. Go on then. Let's the let's... current squad. And the, the most interesting thing is now that the big All Blacks have retired from the World Cup, Carter, uh, the two centres, Nonu and Smith, um, McCaw, Woodcock, you've you've lost all of their 100-plus cappers. Mm-hmm. So the one thing that they are a little bit light on is some experience. You've got a few guys, I mean, they have got World Cup winners and double World Cup winners, but the, the highest-capped player, I think he's Owen Frank, 78 tests. 
And then you've got a lot of guys, like in, in their midfield, for example, they've got uh, a total of 20, 29 caps between four guys. Mm. So you've got new guy, Tamane Vula, uh, Tamane Valu. Then Charlie Nartai, who's got one cap. He's tremendous. He is good. Then Fekitoa, 13, Crotty, <clears throat> 15. Wow. So you could say that someone like Jamie Roberts, to shore it up with his experience, maybe... But do you know what, like, Charlie Nartai yeah, Nart- 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 is shout. class. Charlie Nartai is uh, class. Oh, my God. Crotty and Fekitoa uh, Crotty, are class. He makes time stand still. I'm not sure on talent whether you'd have Jamie Roberts in there, but it, it's, it's experience. I, yeah. I think you're overlooking um, Jonathan, Jonathan Davis and Scott Williams, who are yeah. two very good rugby players, in fact. No, we're, we're, yeah. we're not saying any Welsh players poor because they can't get in a New Zealand 15. Um, yeah, maybe one of the centres. I mean, you'd have to have them camped together and look at them and all the rest of it. North in 2013 form. Yeah. yeah. He's, mm. he's in. Yeah. Probably imagine North and Surveyor as your two oh. wingers. And Falau at fullback. <laughs> I've always thought about. I think about that all the time. Toulon, yeah. Um, uh, 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 no. Just what you think about. Interesting one, because you were talking about double World Cup winners. Uh, ben Franks. Uh, How about this? Ben Ben Franks, uh, as I understand it, will oh. be staying at London Irish. Really? He will have a double World Cup winner playing in the championship. Frankie, wow. Uh, which uh, I, I'm only speculating on this one. Uh, I have no facts whatsoever to back this up. <laughs> I'm just speculating that it's because. Uh, he probably wants to leave, but no one is willing to stump up the cash. Because he'll be on a, a tidy little Yeah, he'll deal. be on a, a, and maybe a transfer fee to buy him out of his contract, plus uh, his wage no one's willing to spend. Anyway, yeah, it's not just, exactly, that's just me speculating. Yeah. And he's not exactly a proven commodity in the Premiership, is he? If we're honest. <laughs> no. No. True. No. True. Um, I, I, the other position... Sam Warburton, maybe, at yeah, seven. I was going to say... For Sam Kane. Sam Kane. The interesting one, Ardi yeah. Surveyor who's come into the squad now, who didn't make the World Cup squad, is potentially unbelievable. He's uncapped. Um, as, as things is he stand. still uncapped? Yes. It feels like he's been around forever and it feels like he's got about 12 caps. Uh, I think he's still only like 21. That's because you've just been watching all those. It feels like he's been around forever because you just constantly go to YouTube to watch videos oh. of him, the latest video of him uh, lip-syncing in a car. That might be <laughs> true. Uh, 22 he is. Um prodigious talent. so yeah so you've got Kane you've got Survey, you've got Liam Squire um, Elliot Dixon who's more of a six really so we're saying potentially potentially Roberts for the experience and yeah. quite legitimately Sam Warburton yes yeah, and perhaps Falatau to six because at the moment they have an eight who's a kind of a six, an eight six in um, what's his name Reed captain Reed Reed's captain and then Jerome Kano Jerome Kano he's just that sledgehammer so actually, I wouldn't have, yeah I wouldn't have I wouldn't have Falatau ahead of either of those two yeah. I've, I know I've said it before but I've been on pitch level with Kano jogging <laughs> semi fast towards me and that's frightening enough he's a massive man There's the, look, I can't see anything other than not just a New Zealand win but a, a comfortable New Zealand. Well, I say comfortable. I think Wales will be competitive for maybe 50, 60 minutes. Just remember, we live in a world, right, where Connacht have won the Pro 12, Leicester City have won the Premiership, and Michael Bisping is middleweight champion of the world. And mm. J- Japan beat South Africa. Exactly. And the and Donald Trump is a nominee for the American general election. That's right. <laughs> that, that is the last two. That is nothing uh, unusual about that to Jay. No, no, it makes perfect sense. All adds up nicely. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, if we knew, we wouldn't play, but... Uh, I think you're right, Tim. Yeah, I can't see anything other than uh, a fairly handy. I'm looking forward to finding out. Yes, indeed. And then 11 o'clock, 
We'll have a little break. You can have, have some brunch in between games. Ooh, brunch. And then it's uh, Australia against England. A quick reminder, we will have a, a, a full in-depth preview of this game from the perspective of Australians on the Green and Gold podcast and us on the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast coming on... What day? What, what, we're going to release that one on Tuesday, Jay, do you say? Yeah, we'll put that on Tuesday morning. So you, your commute on Monday and Tuesday will be good. There you go. Tuesday yeah. morning, uh, f- look out for that one. But briefly speaking then... Um, oh, all right, well, same question. Um, 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 let's keep it brief, though. Well, Anna, why don't we sh- shut up and just let Phil answer it? Because we, you, yeah, our stuff is yeah, on. You're right. It? Go on, Phil. From your perspective, Englishman in that in that Aussie team. Um, interesting, interesting. Uh, I'd probably have Watson on the wing. Yeah. I wouldn't have Mike Brown over Falau. Um, the Australian wings are a little bit unsettled at the moment. Um, in the centre. I love Kurandrani. Yeah, he's great. Um, he'll play inside centre. I saw someone said the other day that uh, Leo Leofano's lined up for inside yeah, centre. Yeah, apparently. He's waiting on the birth of a child, but right. yeah, he hasn't trained yet. Kavita okay. is the one that's sort of on standby to step in. Yeah, and uh, Carmichael Hunt. And Karevi as well as. Yeah, Karevi, yeah, yeah, Carmichael Hunt. Yeah, he's lined up for inside centre as well. Um, and possibly Rob Horn can play there, although yeah. it would be out of position. Um, 10. I, I think uh, Bernard Foley is class, but on current form, I'd probably go with Farrell. Definitely. Watson and Farrell? Uh, yeah, Watson and Farrell. Uh, nine, I wouldn't have Ben Youngs. Uh, I would have Billy. Um, I'd probably have Billy, Billy po- Pocock and Hooper. That oh, would be my back so row. Billy and Fafardi. <laughs> yes, Billy and Fafardi move Pocock to six. Yeah. So you, you maintain Pooper. Yeah. Uh, I probably would have Kuroos and Itoji. Um and then props I'd have Mako and I'd probably have Hartley over Stephen Moore um, although I do Ma- rate Mako over Scott Seo Scott Seo Scott Seo and Kepo very, are class yeah and Kepo's going back because he's at Bordeaux at the he's moment gone back, he's yeah. going back to the um, for Waratahs. Waratahs next season yeah he's, he's I'd, have, I'd have Kep, I'd have Kepu Hartley See you, see you, Mako. I'll, I'll go for Mako for now. All right. I'll go for Mako for now. So that suggests a real evenness up front. Yes, a real good battle up front, and maybe, well, the Englishmen that you picked are game breakers. Farrell, Farrell has that potential to to boss a game and game and Watson. Yeah, but I don't think Farrell is a million miles ahead of Foley. I, I really rate Foley. He's, he's such a good all round player. I think those. Uh, I think the green and gold boys would have, would like you. <laughs> Did that like roughly you. stack up with yeah, what they've said? Well, you listen and find out. L- listen and <laughs> listen find on out. Tuesday. Listen I will. Tuesday I will be out. listening to him. Uh, I think the season, the series is going to be two-one to Australia. And I think, as I said before, mm. England can take some positives out of that. JB's already given us his spoiler alert from the podcast coming on Tuesday. He thinks it's going to be a three-nil whitewash to I England. Do. Well, we haven't won a test there since two thousand and. We haven't won a match against Australia in Australia since 2010. No, Tim, in six Tim, years. Tim. I haven't, I haven't ever won a series as, as in a, Australia. Wow. As they say, you'd win a World Cup in Australia. Yeah, this is true. As they say in the world of investment, past performance is no guide to the future. <laughs> <laughs> Which you're hoping because Wales's last performance was pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty, bad. pretty bad. Pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so then, continuing the games on Saturday. Yeah. South Africa host Ireland. Yes. 
Of course, I think I, I mentioned Argentina Island earlier in the podcast. Of course. Did you? Argentina, yeah, I, that was Italy. just a slip of the tongue. Argentina, Italy. Um, South Africa Island, yeah. South Africa Island is... Um, oh, that's a meat grinder. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure with the injuries that Ireland have got whether this is going to be much fun for them at all. I think this could be a fairly comfortable... And South Africa are a team in transition, very much so, uh, with a new coach and some players retiring. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes, but I do expect South Africa win. Mm. Just look at... We just look at Locke for an example. You just look at <laughs> the, the gulf between South Africa and Ireland. Yeah, Hendo is a fine player. A fine and I think, player. I think he'll be playing Locke, but... And he's he's up there, in my opinion, with some of the best young locks in the world. He he should be in that discussion. I don't think Devin Tolan is quite a, of that standard. Toner and Hendo against Etzebeth Diego and, and Etzebeth. Diego. Oh, mm. Here's the thing: I don't have, I've not really seen enough of any South African teams to have any clue if they're going to be good. I mean, I assume they're good because of South Africa, and I assume that they'll be big. But I don't get very excited about Ireland at the moment either. I think Ireland are pretty, pretty poor. I think this got is why so I think many injuries Ireland. They yeah, have got a lot of injuries. They could have McCluskey, who is a warrior. Yeah, and they decided well, not to. You say they could have, they could have McCluskey, um, but what, what I think, and why I think it's going to be so difficult for England is, we're, we're, and I'm definitely not getting carried away with with Eddie Jones's six games in charge, and I hope I'm wrong. But we have beaten very robotic, pragmatic quite dull teams really and we've broken that down by winning collisions and actually offering a little bit of something else and that's how we've beaten France and Ireland and Wales um, uh, but I don't think I think you mean rather unfair there I no I honestly I think well look at the World Cup I think I think the Northern Hemisphere rugby sides are in are in a bad way no and not at all I mean, look. I mean, I think England beat Wales last time round because their backline runners are so dangerous. Every time they run at you, you might scrag them, but they get over the gain line, and that gives you front 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 football. Uh, front football. Yeah, the forwards are very confrontational, but that's what forwards do. Oh, I know. But, uh, but I guess what I'm saying is the the opposition that these sides are going to pose uh, be posed in Australia, South Africa, and New Zealand is unlike anything, and certainly in the case of England, who've won these last six games. And on a hard track. Completely. What the, the, the threat that Australia are going to offer is completely on a di- on another plane to what we've been playing against. Yeah, but do you know what? I think the threat that England will offer Australia is is substantial. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. You... I think that'll be the closest of the three games. I mean, yeah. their attacking threat is quick. But my God, Jonathan, imagine Jonathan Joseph on what is effectively like a sevens pitch. Uh, Watson... Uh, you've got Brown, you've got uh, Yardle, Yardle, uh, Yardle travel too. Um, you know, you could even throw Wade in, uh, in, into that mix. It's Although a terrifying... he's actually in South Africa. Yeah, yeah. He'll be playing on the Friday night. Yeah. But, you know, it's a terrifying prospect for any of the Southern Hemisphere teams because these guys are so fast. Hmm. It, it, it's interesting. I I do think 2-1... I, I agree with you, Tim. 2-1 to Australia. 3-0 England. Well, hear, hear him now. Believe Mock him, him later. later. Now, I don't know if this we you can sort of refer to this in the same way, but this the the, the final game of Saturday, um, you could have referred to as the scrum bowl in years <laughs> gone by. It was just basically a battle of two front rows in the past, Argentina and Italy. But both sides are undergoing a, something of a change in in the way that they play and approach mm, the game. Yes, but you know it's kind of like when something goes wrong, you revert to type, and the Super Rugby season for. Uh, Argentina has been nothing short of 
glorious, actually, um, in all the wrong ways. Uh, <laughs> and as for Italy, yeah, you are right. They have expanded a little bit. But they're going to be away. They're going to rely on their strength. Argentina are going to rely on their strength. I don't think you'll see anything other than big scrummaging. Well, it, it's interesting because I, th- I think I think I'm right in saying that for this game, a lot of the um, the French-based Argenti- Argentinian players won't be travelling, which therefore basically makes it Los Aguilares. Wow! So are they going to oh, play? Are they wow. going to play? It's, it's pretty much going to be a, a Jags' first team. Oh, let's see. Oh, this is the test about the transition. How good is having them all together for quick, the national team? Quick question: how, how will they play? Um, who are the French guys who could bolster that team? Imoff, uh, Juan Martin, Fernandez, Lobby. Yep. Uh, Come on. That's oh yeah, like Lobby. Sorry, yeah. Um, Albacete he doesn't really play for him anymore does he he's retired from international rugby hasn't he I don't know um, that, that, that might be about it it's Nicolas Sanchez. oh um, well it depends if Cabelli the starting um, scrum half who plays, who plays for Brumbies depends whether he's travelled he probably will have done so it might be because uh, yeah there might not be that many players no I don't think there is uh, and maybe there's what's his name from Bath but he's not Aguja yeah, he's not like uh, a huge with game changer Marcelo Bosch Cordero from Newcastle Cicino no no Cicino's very good actually no but I know he's he's not international he's a squad player oh no he he is he is an international Uh, no he he made he made the World Cup squad uh, he he played a couple of minutes I think he finally played against Ireland yeah but not played he came on I think um, didn't start he had substantial game time I'm sure of it look look up anyway I'll look it up. He's very, but, very the, the, but basically, we get to see the Jags. Oh, and Tello, uh, Tello9 on Twitter, at, at Rugby Podcast, said um, that they've been teaching their two-year-old child to say Los Jaguares. Good. <laughs> How, make, that, make that the first word, Lucy J. <laughs> Los Jaguares. Los Jaguares. Do you know what? I've been singing a, a, like because uh, my wife, Layla, who is a tiny bit mental when it comes to the child. Um, has in, what, do... in what way, Jay? Expand. Well, talk, talk about it more on the podcast. You know, this is the perfect forum for it. Yeah, I mean, if you think about <laughs> things which won't make any difference to a child growing up, it'll probably be like exposing them to the French language when they're less than six months old. It will make no difference. They don't understand. Uh, so they've been singing you know, nursery rhymes in French and Spanish, and clearly this is not going down too well in my household. Foreigners. Um, <laughs> so I've gone out my way to sing to Lucy... Uh, the the chief song because it's nice, it's basic, oh, it's exactly. And at the end of it, I move a little hand and go chiefs, 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 chiefs. <laughs> and the first few times it caused tears, but now she's starting to really get into it. And we're what three weeks in, three nice. weeks into singing chiefs. Nice. So I'm determined that her first song will not be French Old Macdonald or Monsieur Macdonald. It'll be the chiefs, <laughs> chief song. Wait, wait until she gets a little bit older and you you meet other parents whose kids just makes like a, an incoherent noise. They'll just go. Bleh, bleh. And the parent goes, yes, Constantinople, that's right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's very advanced. <laughs> Happens all the time. Oh, I'm dreading it, I'm dreading it. Oh, oh. Uh, anyway, rugby. Anyway, uh, do you want to know how many minutes uh, Sacchino played? Let's have a guess. I'll go for 17 minutes in total in the World Cup. Wow, in total, that'll take me a few seconds to find out. I think he played three, three of the games... I'm sure you've got a start. So, well, first first question was against Ireland. How many yeah, minutes I did think he play? I think he played at least thirty minutes. Uh, I can tell you, he wasn't even in the twenty-three. Oh, they are then completely wrong. Uh, he did start a game. 
Oh, he did? Okay, fair enough. Uh, and went off after 17 minutes, hopefully? No, he started against Namibia in um, their 64-19 win. Uh, and he... Kicked a couple of kick, conversions. Kicked four out of four, okay. um, although he wasn't kicking the whole match. He's got he good quads. He took on kicking duties later on. So he played 65 minutes there... And that was his only appearance. Was that it? I yeah. just think he's done more than that. Has he had any other caps outside of the World Cup? I don't think so. Uh, yes, he has. He's had he's had four caps, or presumably in the warm up games. Hmm. Oh well. Very good. All right. Um, uh, I th- I'm just going to say. Yeah. I mentioned it briefly. Then the Saxons do play on the Friday night at oh, yeah, six pm. Six pm against South Africa. So that, that'll be an interesting game. Mm. It will be an interesting game, actually, because they're a very, very high-quality side, the Saxons. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, South African... Guy, obviously, they, they will be playing against a big physical pack. That goes without saying. And it's how they um, equip themselves to meeting that challenge. Because mm. they've got some got some handy players. Players with full international experience, like Kieran Brooks, like uh, Dave Atwood. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and they've got some big, big boys in the forwards. Like Dave Ewers um, coming in, uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting. It's the start of the under twenties uh, rugby yep. world cup on Tuesday as well. We live in Manchester, and that's that's where the tournament's happening. It's happening at Sale Sharks Ground, the AJ Bell Stadium, and it's happening at the Manchester City Academy Stadium, which so, is still like a ten thousand seater stadium. Oh, it's still it's brilliant. It's an amazing setup. It's got a bridge from that over to the main stadium. It's the the whole complex is ridiculous, or the campus as they yeah. call it is ridiculous. The Etihad campus. So yeah, uh, we'll keep our eagle eyes on some of the future future stars um, uh, in those coming games. So yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. We've got to our eyes on that for you. Maybe pick a few stars at the end of the tournament. Maybe pick a few players who we think might do a Maori Todji at some point down the line. Mm. Uh, just going back to um, the Ireland game, right? Yeah. You all know who is at the at the head of the South African conference? Who is leading it? Well, they're all an absolute shambles, aren't they? Lions, Lions leading one. Mm-hmm. Cheaters, I don't know. No, cheaters. And been who doing is well. the overall? Le- who's o- overall highest performer? If you look at the in table? the in the South African conference, taking the two tables as one table. Y- yeah, because you combine, you can look at one. Yeah, and combine, yeah, for yeah, t- yeah. T- t- Who's who's the best South African team there? Well, Sharks. Haven't, haven't the Kings been able to rack up some wins just by playing? Uh, Los Jaguares the, and the Sunwolves. I think that might be their only wins. Oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. think they've won a single of the game, the Kings. And they only won. They only beat Los Jaguares in South Africa because they had two men sent yeah. off. And the third one in the bin. In the bin. <laughs> down to 12 men at one point. Uh, so Kings are not good. No. Uh, Sharks, Sharks are doing okay. And Stormers are doing okay. Uh, Bulls are a bit up and down. Cheetahs, not great. Lions, good. Kings, bad. Yeah, well, is Lions. That, is that br- broadly yeah, correct? Well, Lions are the number one team in South Africa. Yeah. I've just pulled up, pulled, pulled up the squad now. I don't know many of these boys at all. Is, um, what's his name? The Elton Yantes? Yeah, Yantes, the number uh, the eight. Fly Whit- the fly Whit- half. Is it Whittle? Uh, there's Warren White- Whiteley. Whitely. I've the, never the heard number, of him. He's a number eight. He's uh, apparently. Jack O'Creel? No. I literally don't. I don't know any of these guys. I don't know any of them. <laughs> they, they're, they're all massive. They all eat lots and lots of steak, rare. Mm, I imagine they do. And yeah. blue. They all cast a huge shadow when they when they if they if, <laughs> when they stand next to you on the uh, on the beach. There's one called Malcolm Marks, which is perfect for communist or Springbok. <laughs> that was one of the question times. Oh yeah, that was the, the question, question time, time questions. We had we had a few people saying more Nazi or Nazi war criminal or Springbok. 
Yeah, there was a few. We do need to resurrect. We need some, we need some more un-PC games, please, JB. I'll Get sort some it. out. Don't you worry about that. Maybe for the next free weekend of rugby, which I think is scheduled for 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Pencil that in, guys. 2021, more, un- more politically incorrect games on the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. Uh, keep an ear out for... Oh, it's- Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Are we, are, we, are we kind of done in terms of what we're doing? I think so. Yeah, we are done. Um, just one last thing. Well, that... no, just not one last oh. thing. I was just, so was, was just going to say, uh, so keep an ear out for the podcast that's coming, another podcast uh, from Egg Chasers uh, coming on Tuesday. Thank you very much for listening. Subscribe. It may already be there in your iTunes already. This week there is two episodes. Make sure you listen to them both. If that's not enough rugby, then um, then I don't know. Well, Just, I, I know exactly oh, what. do you? Oh, yeah. go on, JB. <laughs> I do, actually. There's been a, few, a bit of, confuse, of no, confusion. No, there's been no confusion. Just, 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 uh, just, just say what it is. That I have a new podcast. It is called The Rugby Dungeon. I have no idea how long it'll last for. I don't know if I'll be able to get guests on it every week, but I'm certainly going to try it, and we've got the first few recorded. Just me and a rugby player or someone in the sport of rugby with an interesting story and we just sit down here and we chat. So we've done one with Dean Schofield so far, one with Tom Brady, and one which will be coming out this week with Hayden Smith from Saracens. Tom Brady, by the way, the sail winger. I must stop just casually referring to him as Tom Brady, assuming you all know... Oh, that, that, that's uh, not Aziz. how you PR something. You want, If you want to get this spread far and wide... And Peyton Manning, the scrum half from find Isha. that out after they've listened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I think what you've just realised is that when when these microphones are recording and that door is shut, you can't be bothered by your missus. Oh, no. So you're just filling up as much of your calendar That's with exactly. rugby chat as possible. Get out! You, the mics are hot! Get out! You told me, you've told me a few times that you like to let yourself in through the back door so your, Shh, so your wife doesn't... If she, <laughs> if she finds out about this, <laughs> sneak down here because it's soundproof. You can do whatever you want in here. Put on the TV, I, the phone goes like uh, half seven. Where are you? Oh, I'm stuck in traffic. Go back out, <laughs> go back out the back door. Back to the front door. I say, oh, hi, sweetheart. How are you doing? God, real tough day. Yeah, oh. yeah. Just gone Ooh. through several episodes of uh, Mad Men or something in, in the dungeon. <laughs> Thank God for the dungeon. I wish I had a dungeon. Yeah, everyone, everyone needs one. Well, looking forward to hearing uh, hearing it. Um, a quick reminder again, if you're still listening, thank you very much. Um, cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers. Get on board with and see why everyone else is. Uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Subscribe on iTunes. And- hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Acast, two episodes this week. Nice one, Phil. Thank you, Tim. Top work, JB. Thank you, Tim. In a bit. Bye-bye.